Oh my God, Dad! It's not a spliff. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's tobacco, but you 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 chew Nicorette, so. Yeah, I'm trying to. Get back onto tobacco. It's complicated. <laughs> it. I'm just so confused. Well, well, so am I. <laughs> I'm Nikki Bond, and my absentee rock and roll dad has just recently come back into my life. So now I have to try and teach him how to be a father, because he has no clue. Well, I have COVID. Yeah. But the podcast must go on. However, the intro and outro of this episode might be a little lazy, lackluster, because I don't really have energy to do much. Thank God I recorded this before it hit me. We had Dicey, one of my favorite comedians, on as a guest, and we recorded on Sunday. That night, I went to bed. I woke up nauseous. I thought I was going to barf, and I was like, this is it. This is COVID. But then I thought, uh, maybe it's not. And I woke up, felt okay, not nauseous anymore. And was like, maybe it was just the fish that I had because it was like three to four days old. And, you know, I, I can't really afford fancy fish and it was a leftover. So like I made myself eat it because who knows what I'm going to eat that well again. But it wasn't the fish. So you can, you can eat three day old fish if you're wondering. I mean, I don't recommend it. Still could have been the fish. Anyways, Monday, I went and got an IV because I was feeling really tired. And my friend was like, you got to get an IV, which she was right. I mean, I could be worse if I didn't get it. Then I walked out and my nose was running. And I was like, that's not how I was supposed to be after an IV. Did an at-home antigen test in my car because I was panicked. And there it was, positive. So that's... uh. That's what's up. Sorry I sound like shit, but, you know, I'm addicted to working and I really always want there to be an episode. So this is an interview, a hang with Dicey. She's the fucking shit. One of the funniest up and coming comics right now. Guys, I'm so sorry that my energy and my breaths are not... uh, sufficient enough to be recording but here we go testing one two three this is dicey okay yeah that's a little bit better hey okay oh except i hear a delay i hear myself oh i hear i hear a delay too don't worry about it no, just dad, get dad everything. you don't you don't edit this you don't li- even listen nah. to it. So you it, shut up. Like, nah. Hey. 150 years ago, it would take <laughs> months to get a letter. Okay. You know, and we're complaining about a little, you know, delay. <laughs> Mickey, oh my God. What? What's wrong? She's <laughs> laughing at you and your. I'm laughing with you, not at you. Yeah. Well, I, I never understood the difference. It's what? just nice to say. It's just nice to so say. So, should, should I take these headphones off or leave no, them on? No, I'm good. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm good too. I'm good too. They're good now. There's no delay okay. anymore. 
All right, Dad. Okay. Okay, where where are you, Dicey? I'm in Dallas, Texas. Um, oh, actually, you know, do you know Liz Michael? You don't know. No. Okay. I thought you might know one person out of six million. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we haven't met yet. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Some shit going on in Dallas, Texas, man. Yeah, it's crazy here. I mean, I'm in Ovilla, Texas, which is like a suburb of Dallas. Um, and my parents live on a bunch of land and stuff. And it's just really interesting living here or being here right now. I've been here since the pandemic. so But I've been back to L.A. like 10 times. And I see Nikki Vine every time I go. Oh, so you live yeah. in L.A.? You live in L.A.? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where we know each other from. That's That's my... But, you know, I'm just going to do half and half from now on. I think until I just figure out what I want to do. Um, yeah, I'm just going to do half and half. Well, so. so like half half and half, like one half. And oh, half. yeah. Like half the, half my time. Like I just was there for a month and I, I came back for a month and I'll be back there like probably September 4th or 5th. And I'll be there for like probably till mid-October this time. And then I'm going to come back for the holidays. And then I'll go back probably like January and February, come back here for March. Cause my, I, I helped my mom a lot um, to do, she, she's a master gardener and she, she makes pickles and jellies and stuff with, with the things that she grows in the garden. It's a huge garden here. And we sell stuff at this market every week. Okay, so, so it's like so, a farmer's market. Uh, do you live on acreage? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, six acres or something. That's a lot. That's a nice size for a garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing's not a garden, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like the house, the garden's not in the house. Like right now, those are fake plants. Remember? Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, man. Texas. Well, I mean, what's it like? I mean, it just seems so draconian and just so. I knew yeah. that I knew that that's what you'd want to talk to Dicey about. And Dicey has some really fucked up stories about living in Texas. So, Oh my gosh. Crazy. Tell them uh, about what you told me, how they've, uh, the police follow. The- oh yeah. They follow, they follow black people to my parents gate. It's not like it's hardly any black people that live in this neighborhood. And so, you know, the police will actually follow them when they see black people come into the neighborhood, they follow them till they get to my parents' gate. Yes. And they've done this to my cousin, like a couple of times he drives a Porsche. And, um, so he stopped driving his fancy car. He has a Porsche. He has like a brand new Escalade. Like he has really nice cars. And so he stopped driving his nicer cars over here. Now he just drives his pickup truck because you know, they'll follow him if he in his nice car. And this is my cousin, by the way, who served 27 years in prison for a crime that he did not commit. And it, uh, a white woman, you know, lied on him and said she she got raped or two, two white women. He got exonerated on DNA. Um, that wasn't him. And actually, the women knew it wasn't him. They just convicted him anyway. They said that it wasn't him and they still convicted him because they just needed somebody. And it, for anybody that doesn't believe that the justice system is like tr- truly, totally fucked up. This is like a, a, just a great example. But anyway. The state of Texas paid him $10 million, plus he gets uh, money every month. So he has, he gets new cars all the time, you know, which is his right to do, serving 27 years, basically of, of indentured uh, of servitude, because that's what 
that's what you're in prison, you know. Hey, Barry, I don't know if y'all can hear labor. that. I, I know somebody that was uh, loaned to the state of Texas. She was 12 years old. And they lent her from Louisiana to Texas for that penal system. And then when she got to Texas, she was doing yeah, labor. And then she was like, they put her in solitary. It was bad. Anyway, they did a yeah. settlement, but it was a class action suit. And, and because she wasn't living. Yeah, it sucks. Mm -hmm. it's, you know. Wow. But will you tell them yeah. about what your mom did? Oh, so she went up to the police station and she was like, uh, do y'all don't have nothing better to do with y'all's time? And like, the, quit following people to my gate. And, you know, like just, I mean, she just kind of went up there and went off on them to went to the police station and went off. And then I had invited one of my white friends to come home with me. And I, you know, I always talk about how Texas is and how crazy it is, especially my parents. I don't know. They always live in these areas where whatever. Uh, so um, she came home with me. We got stopped three times in one weekend, just coming to my parents' house. And then by the third time she, she went off, she was like, why the fuck are y'all stopping us? Quit. She could, she couldn't believe it. And I was like, listen, girl, calm down. We're still black. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, don't do that. Like, just take it, I guess. Like, that's what we have to do. We just have to take it. You know, like, what else are you going to do? It's the police. Like, anyway. And we also have some lovely neighbors too, but we also have neighbors that still have their Trump signs in the yard right now. Like today, wow. Trump signs in the yard. No. Still. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's beyond, I can't even watch the news now. I mean, it's, I know I'm, I'm, I watch YouTube podcasts and uh, you know, I've got bulletins on Twitter if something happens, but it's beyond rage man and the just i know and the thing is is like there's a lot of people moving in to texas you know yeah and there are all kinds of people moving to texas because of the work and the weather and all that stuff and they're trying to do this stuff because they don't have any they have nothing to to offer anybody it's all about yeah and you know will take your voting rights away. It's just outrageous. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, I, I can go off on all this stuff, but it's one of those things that really takes me down, man. I can get really upset about it. But you know what? Gosh, Texas and their football and all this shit. You know what? When COVID <laughs> shut everything down, or no, when, when uh, Floyd got shot, right? Mm -hmm. And the NBA said, no, we're not playing. Just one or two nights. And it was like, they showed like, okay, motherfuckers. Uh, I don't yeah. mute that out. You do cuss. You, oh, you cussed off the top of the podcast. Oh, know. okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, two weeks ago when, when, when the, when the stock market crashed on that Monday, because they found out that nobody was getting vaxxed from all these red states. Over the weekend, there was all this news about how all these red states, the vaccination rate is so low, and the stock market crashed on Monday, like big time. 
and then the, that night it was shot Hannity going, "Got to get your vaccines." So they got all their their messaging from the Koch brothers and Murdoch going. The stock, we lost a ton of bread on the stock market because the forecast is that this pandemic is going to last forever. So that's when they turned it around. Now governors from Mississippi, Alabama are going to get your vaccines because mm-hmm. it's all about the money, man. Yes, it is. Okay. Do you want to ask Dicey some questions now, Ted? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. We just went off on a yeah. little tangent. We're getting to know each other. Yeah. I'm excited to meet. I love Nikki Bond, so I'm glad to meet, you know, one half of where she came from. Yeah. When's your birthday? September 29th. I'm a Libra. Cool. And Do you uh, believe in Zodiacs? Yes, I do. He does, but you don't you? know much about it. Huh? You don't know much about the Zodiac. You always ask people what their sign is, and then you go, okay. And then I say, what does that mean? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I have no proclivities to learn any of that stuff. I mean, doing charts and stuff. It's just a, sometimes what I find is there's a lot of um, Aries in my life. Always has been. Mm. And a couple of people on, with Nikki's birthday, so I always ask. Um, um, he's a Capricorn. You're a Capricorn, right, Dad? Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I guess, am I the default interviewer? No, but you like asking a lot of questions. So I, you, you like interviewing people. I do? Yeah. Okay. One episode you were like, I feel like Joe Rogan. I was like, it's not that close, but. No. Dicey, um, Dicey's met Joe Rogan and he really likes her. Hey, hey, hey. What was that? Yeah. Thank you. you Joe Rogan. He lives in Austin now. Mm-hmm. I've been spending a lot of time in Austin. Um, and I've gotten to do a couple of shows with him. Yeah. It, Austin is, I mean, to me for comedy is great as far as an entertainment for entertainment purposes. But as far as being a comic trying to develop there, I don't think that there's much development that could happen there. I think New York and L.A. and Chicago, you know, it's just way more comedy there. It's way more places where you can, you know, you could go to 10 mics a night in L.A. Or, you know, and and you still won't get to all the mics. Like, it's still 20 more that you haven't, that you won't be able to go to, you know. So I just really like that aspect. And the smaller shows where you're able to, like, you know, it's just so many different. You get so many different um different types of places where you can perform, you know, from the coffee shops to a a bar show where nobody's really listening to, you know, really, really cool shows like the supernova show where everybody's outside. And it's like, you know, just all these spaces where they, where they've created, I don't know. It's just, it's such a different vibe than, than being in Texas. It's only like four or five places in Austin to do comedy and they're all super packed, but again, it's not the place to work new stuff out. You know, so that's one thing that I really miss about L.A. And this last time I was there, I felt like there still wasn't a whole bunch of mics open yet. And, you know, maybe this fall, if you know, God willing, if they don't shut everything down again, there will be, you know, I can still continue to because I'm a micer. Like, even though I've done comedy for a long time, I have to get up every day, you know, and I and I just. I, I feel like the I'm strong. I'm a stronger comic because I do a lot of mics and because I work stuff out all the time, multiple times a night. And to not be able to do it at all is crazy. 
how, well, you know, many, all of last year. How many mics do you do a week? Oh, a week? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I do at least three a night, like six times a week. I, I'm pretty obsessed with it. So that's what, 18? And then I could do more than that. And then in between there, I have shows. So I do at least like three mics a day. Nikki was doing a whole lot of mics too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not as much as you. I mean, you've been doing, how long have you been doing stand up? Almost 10 years. I met, I met Dicey at a all female mic and it was in someone's apartment and I was just mm-hmm. like, and she was so good. Just like taught like her jokes. And I was like, she's so cool. And then uh, <laughs> I saw her again later and she was nice. And I was like, Oh my God, you're cool and nice. <laughs> and then we became friends. So did you Thanks. start, <laughs> did you start normally? My dad has a lot of questions about this stuff, but you had some uh, tobacco. I, I, before we started recording. Oh. <laughs> I did not, I, not. No. I couldn't. Even, <laughs> I would never do that for this. Literally. I was like, don't you chew Nicorette? How's that tobacco? This is the thing that happens. So. Let's move on. <laughs> you're very loud, Nicole. You're. you're uh, but can you fix that in the mix? That's what they say. We'll fix it. Is it yeah, I can. Am I really loud? Really? Yeah, you're, yeah, and and Dicey's kind of soft a little bit. Okay, all right. You ask more questions, then. That's okay. Um, so you grew up in Texas. Yes. In that in that place where you're at, your your parents' place. No, not I didn't grow up at this place. They've only lived here probably five years. Oh, okay. So yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, how did you how did you learn you wanted to be a comic? How'd that happen? Um. I started writing comedy for some pretty big comics. I kind of knew like on the plane when I landed to come to LA, I moved on the airplane. I only moved with like five bags. And so um, when I was landing to come to LA, this is like almost 20 years ago. I said, God said to me, when you start doing stand-up comedy, you're going to make it in LA. And it was just the the strangest thing because I never, I had never thought about doing stand-up. And I had never heard God's voice before either. But I, he, I, I was like, what is going on? And I always remembered that. And so dur- during the course of my time being in L.A., um, stand-up was always coming to me, like opportunities to write for stand-up or to do, you know, just all kind of comedy opportunities. And so I started writing for a couple of big comedians. How did that um, Wait, wait, wait yeah. sometimes I, I get really curious about the journey or how things started, you know what I mean? Because things happened in my life that were just crazy coincidences that, but how did you get your first gig writing for a comic? Um, The first gig I got was through a guy that I had met at um, Lucky Strike. And I was, I had, I lived around the corner from the bowling alley at Lucky Strike and I would walk over there and have drinks sometimes or whatever. So I was sitting at the bar and um, this crazy ass dude started talking to me and we just became really, really good friends. And he's probably like 15 years older than me, but he was just such a cool dude. He wasn't trying to get at me or anything like that. He was just funny. And we started just, just our banter back and forth. He was like, do you write? And I said, yeah, actually, I, you know, I I love to write. He was like, you're really funny. Like just the stuff that you've been saying here is funny. And he was one of the head writers on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And he was also, he just wrote on a bunch of different shows, TV shows. And so he started just hitting me up to write with him and to do different things with him. 
And then I started just ghostwriting for some, he hooked me up with some pretty big comedians who I can't, you know, you're not supposed to say who you ghostwrite for. But um, yeah, so anyway, he started hooking me up that way. And then I just started getting these writing gigs. And then some kind of way that kind of turned into me being a teaching assistant at UCLA in the film writing program for eight years. I did that for eight years. Um, like working with this really big producer who has like three Oscars and who? um, her name is, well, I don't want to say her name either. Cause she's, she's very, anyway, she's, I, we don't talk anymore either, but I'll tell you off, off camera. Um, so anyway, I started doing that with her for like, like I said, eight years and, and reading scripts and, and doing a lot of script coverage. And she, she produces, um, what was I? She also produced a lot of TV stuff too, but she produces a lot of the um, scripts that she'll get. Everybody knows who she is. So she has like hundreds of people trying to submit to her class every semester and she only takes 10 students. And then she'll take the students whose, whose film she feels like she could produce or at least get to a film festival or something like that. So I help her go through all of that stuff and just, you know, it was, I just learned a whole lot about writing and just like the industry from her. And she would call me and be like, Hey, um, you want to come with me somewhere? It's going to be Ben Affleck and, and, uh, and Tom Cruise. And we're just going to be on this yacht today. And I'm like, Oh, like that's the kind of stuff, you know, she used to hook me up with. So yeah, it just, one thing led to another. It was just kind of like a, a ripple effect where the writing was concerned. And I, I didn't even end up doing a lot of, I never have done a lot of acting, like what I came to LA to do. It's been stand up and writing mainly. So at the bowling alley, before you met this guy, I mean, did you ever think about being a comic? No, I mean, I I love comedy and I enjoy comedy and I know that I have my sense of humor is is different, you know, or like it. Uh, I got voted like most witty in, in high school and just, you know, throughout my life, like people always wanted to be around because my whole family is really funny, too. And so, um, you know, people would just always be laughing at me. We I just have the best time with my friends, you know, and. Um, and you know, I'm not, I don't try to be I, and never the life of the party kind of situation, but just like, you know, I don't know. But, but before the, before the bowling alley, w- w- was it like you wanted to be an actress? Is that what the deal was? Yeah. I was a theater major. So right. acting was definitely, and I still love acting and I'm, I'm actually, I just got back into it, which was a total accident. And the, the project that I was in recently made it to Tribeca Film Festival and I was one of the lead characters in it and so that was really cool I got to spend time in New York and go to Tribeca this year and it was the 20th anniversary of the film festival so you know a lot of a lot more acting things are coming my way now which now I'm like oh my god am I too old looking to or you know I don't know you just start you know I'm trying not to second guess anything that's coming my way you know it's just like this is my time, I guess, or this is time for certain things to happen in my life is how I'm looking at it. That's a, that's great. That's great. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how old you are. I have not, you could be and, and yeah. How old are you? You don't have to say. I'm, I'm going to be 42 in September. I'm 41. Okay. Yeah. You can yeah. be 30. Yeah. That's just a thing. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I'm interested in, well, I don't know if to say this because my dad will go off that track, but I'm first of all, I'm interested in when you said that God said that to you, like, were you on the plane 
Um, and I said this because dad, Dicey's the one who introduced me to Liz. No kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> How'd you meet her? I met Liz through actually one of my best friends who, uh, who we, who I met through a mutual friend. So ba- basically one of the girls that I went to college with, she's a therapist now. And she, she, re- you know, you're not supposed to give therapy to your friends or whatever. So she hooked us up with this other woman and it's like alternative kind of therapy, you know, because I've been to therapists and it just never works out and I never like them. And I feel like I spend more time filling out all the paperwork than I do like getting therapy. You know, it's like all these big ass packets and like, you know, so. Yeah, man. Therapy. I mean, the Gestalt method is just horrible. I hate it, man. But I, want- I, I will say this because I will always plug this hypnotherapy in LA when I was doing it with this woman, it was the best therapy ever. Well, what I was just interested because Dicey's pretty spiritual, and I feel like we've both been on uh, in a I don't know, we've been on a vibe. I don't know what to, what I even mean by that, but I'm I'm interested to know, like, yeah, were you on the plane and like when it, that was said to you, like what was happening, how you heard it. Like, I'm, I just want to know more about that. Well, I was on the plane with my dad because I had told my family already, like I kept saying, I'm moving to LA, I'm moving to LA and I didn't do it for a whole year. And I just stopped saying it. And so finally I told, I picked the day and I was like, September 7th, I'm leaving. You know, like that's the day that I'm leaving. And I told my parents either, you know, you can come or not. And so my dad was like, oh, she's really serious. She bought the, she got the tickets and stuff, you know. So he came with me for a week. So he was on a plane with me and he was probably asleep or something sitting right next to me. And I had the um, window seat. And as we were like landing, we're making the descent. It was like all these mountains and like, you know, it just the desert and everything. And I just remember God saying that to me, like when you start doing stand up comedy, you're going to make it in L.A. And I literally ignored the voice for 10 years. And then when my friend, Nate, who's actually the reason why or she's the she's the one that I met Liz through. She okay. moved to L.A. and I had always told her, you know, she was a radio personality for a long time. At She had like the number one morning show you know, for a while. No, my, my friend, Nate. Um, and so she, she, I told her when she moved to LA that she never, she didn't have to, to, she could stay with me for free till she got on her feet and stuff or whatever. And she had plenty of money, you know, but she, I just wouldn't charge her. And so she would do really nice things for me in exchange. She was like, well, you're going to take this money some kind of way, you know? And so she paid, she was like, you know what? I feel like the missing piece in your career is, is standup comedy. So she paid for me to take this. And I was like, what? Oh my God, this is crazy. You know? Ten she paid years for me to after pay. you had moved there, this happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, go on. She ten years after I moved there. And so she she was like, I'm gonna pay for you to take this stand-up class. And I think this is the missing link for you. So I took this guy, Dave Arnold. He has a, a an amazing stand-up class that he teaches um at the Ha Ha Comedy Club. And it's such a great class. And he's is that, is that he has all kind of that's in LA. Yeah, it's in yeah. LA. He has all kind of um, he has all kind of uh, students and a lot of students. But you upload like three of your sets per week, and he wa- he watches all of your sets from your you know open mics, 
and he critiques you and gives you all these tags. So you come out of the class after the six or eight weeks or whatever it is, you come out of the class with a really tight, like five to seven minutes worth of material. So that was like the first time that I had ever done that. And I just remember being on stage for the first time and it was, and I, I actually have the video. I found the video the other day of my very, very first time in the class being on stage. And, and I got really good feedback. But then at the end of the class, we had a showcase where he invites like industry out and just, we can invite our friends and stuff. Um, and he took me to the side and he was like, listen, I don't really tell people this often. He was like, but if you, he said, you really have to stick to this stand up thing. Like if you don't do anything else with your life, you should really continue stand up. He said, you really got something. And that really meant a lot to me. Um, cause I had a love hate relationship with him throughout the course of the class because he was talking down on women dressing a certain kind of way on stage. He was like, you know, you don't really need, don't, nobody's going to listen to you if you have on these shorts and if you're this and that, you know, and it kind of pissed me off. And I felt like he was, it was misogynistic until I did comedy like with cleavage and with shorts on and the women just don't listen mm-hmm. and they're so mean and they don't want to see you like that. You're, you're up on stage and it's, they're there with their man already and you're doing something super bold like stand-up comedy, which is so ballsy and people are kind of attracted to that. And then you have on like some little shorts and stuff and, you know, and he was very right. And I've never told him that I should tell him he was right. Cause we, <laughs> cause I really was like mad that he, said that you know but he was very right about all that stuff now I just perform in this a sweatshirt similar to I've been cutting necks out of my t-shirts since like eighth grade I, I hate the necks on the shirts I used so to um yeah you man. used to do that yeah. too dad you cut the necks yeah. out of your shirts yeah. yeah you would wear them on off your shoulder like dicey right now no 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 I would just, <laughs> no 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 I would, I would cut you know when I was going to the beat you know yeah wow it's really getting cloudy out I love it Okay, Love back it. to back to Dicey. Um, um, yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. oh gosh, rotator cuff. Oh, jeez. Oh. What was when you were taking that class? What was there? One thing that kept cropping up in your set that was not happening, like whether it was a timing thing or you know what I'm saying, where it didn't work, and he said try this or when he, when you said he, you had five or seven minutes of a tight uh, bit, you know, seven minutes of material. Mm -hmm. What did he do or how did he do it where it it made it condensed and good or, you know? Well, one thing I really appreciated about him is that he never told you your premises didn't work or, that something wasn't funny. He made it funny. He gave you so many tags and like, because it, what, what you have to make sure of is that your comedy was already coming from a personal place, you know, because you're more connected to it, especially just starting off. So, you know, um, we, you know, we already felt some kind of connection to our material because it was personal. And, and then he would just find the funny in it, you know? So he never was like, Oh no, this doesn't work out or this doesn't work. He just, enhanced our our premises and made them you know made them stronger right right so basically what she's saying is she's perfect no, no not at are. all no you are <laughs> my dad's like so what did you you're like nothing really i um no i just got stronger 
<laughs> that was with everybody in the class, though. That's everybody. Shut up, Nikki. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I like, uh, I dig Chris Rock, right? And when he does his thing, I try to analyze, but it's his, the way he says things in this personality he is on stage where it's funny. It's, but it's part, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I see some of that, not, not his, his shtick, but his thing, but like, I could see where you could be funny or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So g- can you give me like a minute of. of no. D- Dad. Okay. Yeah. Dad, you can't do. She'll give you a minute of her stand up if you give her a minute of your drumming. No can problem. Okay, great. No. Can't you know, wait. And uh, look, it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. Why? <laughs> I just I love the whole dynamic of this whole podcast. It's great. Anyway, um, thank you. <laughs> sure. Thank you. I've really given Nicole a hard time with this podcast. Yeah. Wow. This is the first time you said it out loud. Yep. Yeah, I have. Yeah, thank you. Is that like kind of an apology or is that just like acknowledging it? Uh, if, if, <laughs> if, if an apology would abate your abandonment issues. I'll... <laughs> I don't think anything's going to abate my abandonment issues. If, just... if I give you a hard time with this podcast, I'm really sorry you, about it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I have, I mean, still do that. I might, you know, I go in and out of these things of like, holy shit, it's, I'm a very private person, you know, and I'm, I'm shy. So I, it was difficult to deal with, like, yeah. And then, you, and then you wonder, you know, are my peers checking it out and not saying anything because whatever, it's just weird. What yeah, do you, well, yeah. But the thing is, Dad, you're pe- now we're now we're talking about our relationship in front of Dicey. But then, but then people like Dicey watch and like see the clips and think think it's really funny. And your peers already know who you are and your personality, so they would think it's funny anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Getting back to God's voice, just uh, oh, Liz. Okay, so yeah, you met Liz, and and so. You, you went to her for the first time? Okay, I'm going to stop it there for now because this episode was a lot longer than I thought. That's what happens when you're delirious with COVID. You think everything's going to work out, but guess what? It doesn't always. Just like I thought that I'd get this episode out in time last week, but I didn't. I recorded that intro on day one of COVID. And then I got slapped in the face, knocked out, a whole tsunami took over my body and I actually wasn't able to get this podcast done in time. But I kept the intro because uh, I just thought it'd be interesting for you guys to see the highs and the lows of what happened to my body. So now that I'm starting to feel better, you know, I can finish things. But that was fucked up, guys. Be careful out there. Holy shit. Day one, 
when I recorded the intro, I was like, I feel stuffy, achy, I have the flu, that's okay, I can still function. Day two, I was like, okay, no, now I'm like actually sick and I don't want to move. Day three, I felt a little bit better in the head, but now I got short of breath and I couldn't even wash a pot without having to sit down. It was so fucked up. I spiraled. I had full on meltdowns, three panic attacks in one day because just like going to the bathroom, I get short of breath. And I was like, okay, this is when I die. And then after that, I just accepted it. And I was like, don't try and do all these things. Don't try and get the podcast out because, you know, I guess I have to live. And now I, it is day 11 and I feel better, but I'm still so tired. It's not worth it, guys. Listen, I wasn't that afraid of COVID. This, uh, this whole first part of the year. But now, I'm telling you, it fucks you up. Okay. Anyways, we are going to do a part two with Dicey and my dad. I cut it off there because that episode is a lot longer than I thought. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Nope, it, it, it's it's a long one. So I cut it off when he brings up Liz. Liz, guys, is a healer that we go to. How many healers do I go to? I don't know, maybe 12. No, I only have two. But my dad went to Liz and he loved her. Dicey was the one that introduced us to her. And so next episode is when my dad and Dicey get more into the spiritual realm because we all know when my dad's talking to people, it's probably going to go there, which is why I brought her on because Dicey is into what he's into. But most importantly, she's seen an alien. That is the secret surprise for my dad. The next episode yeah. Also, can we talk about how he keeps getting high for the podcast? I didn't bring it up in the beginning because I was delirious and I forgot. But yeah, this is a thing that's happening and it's it's uh, becoming a problem. Is he paying attention? What is going on? He definitely doesn't know how to use his microphone anymore. That's for sure. I, I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm going to keep complaining about the same thing over and over. I, I miss the gum. I'm going to say it again. I miss the gum. I I would rather the gum over the shitty mic and the space cadet of a dad. Speaking of which, you know, him being a little space cadet, I've resurfaced our game show interview that we did in December where we were auditioning to be on a game show. And I'm going to be putting that up on Patreon. It took me a minute. I was supposed to have it up last week, but you know, <laughs> you get deathly ill. It happens. So that's going to be on patreon.com slash Nikki Bond and follow us on Instagram. Woda podcast and a little teaser as to what happened during our interview. Little fun clip is up on my Instagram. Nikki Bond. My Bobby bit today is the technical difficulty that had happened when we first got on and there's always a technical difficulty always and he always loses me like he'll be like i can't hear you i can't hear you so this is what happened and it gets resolved and the way that it gets resolved blew my mind i can't hear you you can't hear me at all test test are your headphones plugged in it's not happening, man. Nothing's happening. I can't hear shit. Oh, man. <clears throat> Dad, this is... I don't know why it burps into the mic. 
I can't hear you at all. Test, 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 test. test. Do you want me to? Do you want uh, me to send it again? Test, 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 test. test. Oh wait. Oh, oh man. What? It, no, it was the. Uh, um. Can you hear me now? Yeah, my, my my headphones weren't all the way plugged in. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay, I knew it. Hear me now? Yeah, my, my my headphones weren't all the way plugged in. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay, I knew it. All right, cool.